Hello, welcome to our haunted home. I'm Gracie. And I'm Stephanie. And we're your spooky neighbors. We are here in the midst of spooky season to battle it out. On Halloween. Halloween. We hope you brought your fuzzgetti. <laughs> yes, uh, so we have been so excited for this episode for the past month. We are going to end the battle today, guys. We're it is end it. Uh, vampires versus werewolves. True crime style. These are both real cases, like deep rooted in history. This This shit happened. We're taking it back to the 1500s. Yeah. There's so many stories about werewolves and vampires, and I think they are all creative and wonderful. And I love very specific ones for very specific reasons. And these cases, so the battle is going to be fought between these very specific people. Should we just tell it right out right now? Yeah. Let's Off the bat? Them. Okay. Let's tell them. I am going to be playing. My fighter is Elizabeth Bathory. And mine is Peter Stump on Team Werewolf over here. So we have the long age battle of vampires versus werewolves. And we want you guys to choose your fighter who you think would win in a fight. We are going to battle it out between the two of us. And we're going to start by telling you the story of each of these people. Just lay the land, you know, so you know, like exactly what details we have that we're going to be fighting with our weapons and our tools. Exactly. Then we'll just uh, do a refresher at the end and we'll represent these things of like here the key points of this person and this person. And we're going to battle it the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. I feel slightly argumentative today. (laughs) It has been a day. (laughs) We'll tell you about it later, maybe. She's got the fire. (laughs) I do have the fire. I have a lovely glow-in-the-dark wolf shirt and spirit of today. It's so wonderful. And we're in a black-lit room right now. Yeah, so so it's super glowing. Fully in vibes. And also, Steph got fangs made. She's not wearing them because she doesn't want to. Well, yeah, I have custom vampire fangs made by the wonderful Midnight Custom Fangs. They are incredibly realistic, I might tell you. Also, they do impede my speech just the tiniest a bit. So I'm not going to wear them for this recording. But you can see pictures online if you'd like to. Hmm. We might post some. They're on there somewhere in the internet. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere on the internet. But we are living. I am in my full vampire self today. Yes. And I wore the fangs for most of the day. Dude, hell so, yeah. I mean. They, they look so good. They are so good. They are. And I have a lovely fur coat that I was thinking about wearing, like just uh, to look kind of werewolfy, but... I realized that if I do that, then I would just come across as a furry. So it's not as stunning as vampires. <laughs> so maybe I'm already at a loss right now. <laughs> maybe that's like plus one for the vampires. I don't know. You got your wolf shirt on, so there's that. <laughs> yeah, it's it the one that it's the, the one that Dwight Schrute has the same one. I'll post a picture for you guys. Oh, I I didn't even realize that. Oh yeah, dude, this that's, one glows in the dark. I got it at powwow. That is special. Yeah, and it's a Dwight Schrute. Yeah. All right, you ready to dive in? Ladies first. Why, thank you. So Elizabeth Bathory, that is actually not the correct way to pronounce her name, but it kind of sounds interesting in the way that she has been remembered throughout history as bathing in the blood of virgins, right? 
Oh, so yeah. Bathory. But actually, in Hungarian, it's pronounced Baltory. So we're going to use that pronunciation from here on out. On August 7th of 1560, Elizabeth was born to a noble Hungarian family by the name of Bautery. She is credited as the most prolific female murderer, and she had four collaborators who were accused of torturing and killing hundreds of girls between 1590 and 1610. So Elizabeth Bautery grew up in a pretty interesting time in Hungary, like 1590 to 1610. Wow. Well, I mean, that was like when she was killing people. But regardless, that was (laughs) a pretty interesting time in the world, place of the world. She saw some shit. So here's a pretty interesting example. From 1514, the Hungarian peasants rose up against the nobility and under the leadership of somebody named Georgi Doja. The crown quashed the revolt and Doja was executed horribly. There are some pretty interesting works of art that depict some really horrific shit that happened to this guy. Uh, There are gleeful aristocrats roasting his body, Game of Thrones style. Dude, what? Bad. So they brought him to an iron throne. Oh, no. A red hot iron throne. They put coals under this shit to like, you know... So they sat him on this red hot iron throne and then placed a crown upon his head that was also red hot and scorched him. I would love to binge Game of Thrones right now. (laughs) Dude, I'm in. Let's do it. I I mean, like, (laughs) with what time? But (laughs) my spirit is fully invested in this because historic... Oh my gosh, I love historic that. and like I mean this like there's I, I just old love that George R. R. Martin yeah. found so much inspiration from history in his yeah. creatings of that of that story. It was wonderful. I mean, he just showcased it really, really fantastically. Oh yeah, and it's one of those things we have old timey murders, but then mm-hmm. these are like the medieval murders. This is medieval shit. I just want to say on a side note, that's amazing. Like a peasant like revolt of revolution. Yeah. They, they were tried. just like, you know what? Oh, my gosh. They tried. They didn't Ugh. get very far, but yeah. But still, that's mm-hmm. so that just felt so empowering, even though he had a very brutal death. His death goes further. May oh, I wow. tell you? Yes, absolutely. So after he was placed on a red hot iron throne and had a crown of <laughs> red hot iron placed upon his head, they tore chunks from his body. Bloody hunks. And then they fed this to some of the lieutenants that they had starved. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) Georgie Doja's uh, top nine lieutenants, they were starved beforehand and then fed pieces of his flesh in his execution. I shouldn't have ate before this recording. I Um, feel sick. So this is how they uh, executed people in Hungary in the 1500s. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's just like a nice little example of the times that we're talking right now. That's metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Real medieval shit. Yeah. So back to Elizabeth. It's said that she had signs of mental illness and it likely ran in her family due to intense inbreeding. Mm, melonhead status. <laughs> just about. Um, except for this is like actually fact-based. Yes, you know? it is. And in noble families in the olden times, that like they so just common. wanted bloodlines to be, you know, very pure. But also, 
That's quite And their impure. mental health scattered. Yeah. Mental health, physical things like everything. I mean, inbreeding is illegal for a reason. So Exactly. <laughs> Don't do it. Oh, gosh. Well, as a child, she was prone to fits of rage, crippling headaches, which were probably migraines, and seizures that may have been caused by epilepsy. But we don't really know. These generally left her in a pretty foul mood, and she took that out on everybody around her. The Countess Elizabeth Bowtry would have become accustomed to witnessing scenes of brutality from a young age. As a child of the Bowtry estates, she witnessed the execution of a man accused of selling his child to the Turks. The executioner sewed him alive into the belly of a horse. <gasps> yeah. And as Elizabeth watched, she, like, started giggling uncontrollably at the sight of the man's head poking out of the horse's belly for one last time. Uh before he disappeared completely into his grisly tomb. And it was all sewed up shut. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Honestly, like, <laughs> the thought of that, it kind of makes me kick. It's horrible. Doing? It's gruesome. Like, I don't think I would have that reaction if I was actually in that, you know, if it, I don't know. <laughs> um, obviously, you wouldn't see that. That just doesn't happen these days. But the idea of it in a cartoon version... <laughs> Definitely makes oh, me yeah. giggle. <laughs> yeah, that I, I kind of took that as a cartoon version, too. <laughs> it sounds very cartoonish, but, like, this shit I, I happened. Can't, I can't believe that happened, for real. I'm, like, giggling out of nervous laughter. Of nervous, like, <laughs> like, what? Like, um, oh my people God. back then were very strange. Yes, yes. Very strange, indeed. Oh, wow. Um, however, she was very well-educated. She was taught uh, a lot of languages. She learned Latin, German, Hungarian, and Greek. And obviously, she was born into a pretty privileged family. The Bathory estate was endowed with wealth, education, and a prominent social rank. Bathory was engaged at the age of 10 to a man named Count Ferenc Narosti. The Narosti family was very prominent, and it was a political arrangement. So, yeah. But at the age of 10, she's probably too young to marry. But by the time she was 13, she had an affair with a peasant boy. Whoa. Mm -hmm. She got pregnant. Shame. <laughs> shame. <laughs> shame. So much shame. She was moved to a place where she could have the child in secret. Upon the birth, the child was supposedly given away to a local woman who was trusted by the Bowtry family. Her fiancé found out about this and tracked down her lover he had him castrated, and then the peasant boy was thrown to a pack of wild dogs. Dude, what? Yeah. Who? <sighs> the consequences of the time were brutal. Hmm. Well, Elizabeth married Ferenc on May 8th of 1574 when she was 14 years old. The wedding was a very extravagant affair with four and a half thousand people in attendance. The party wow. raged for three days. <laughs> Dude, that's amazing. What a fucking wedding. Wow. That, wow. <laughs> Sign me up. So Ferenc had gifted his new wife with a castle of her own, Castle Kashtis. This castle was most bleak and gothic in nature. It was surrounded by a village and farmland. So like pretty cool state. Sheepies. Probably sheepies everywhere. Mm. Yeah. This marriage united two ultra-powerful families at the time, and Elizabeth's social standing was a bit higher than that of her husband, so she refused to change her name, and instead, Naroshti assumed the surname Beltri. 
That's actually kind of very powerful. It really is. He wow. took her name. And this was in Damn. like the 1500s. I, I'm just saying that that is impressive. Yeah, I know. It's like not so far-fetched to think about these days. So this couple was not exactly a great match. Um, Elizabeth was, by all reports, intelligent, well-educated, headstrong, and had a fierce temper. Ferenc, on the other hand, matched her temper but was barely literate. And he was obsessed with becoming a soldier. But they did share one thing in common. They both had an obsession with torture. Oh. Four years after being married, he was named the chief commander of all Hungarian troops and led them against the Ottoman, which was also called the Long War, which lasted 13 years. He was a great warrior and earned the nickname Black Knight of Hungary. He was known to be cruel with the treatment of the Turks, and Ferenc had a reputation of dancing with the dead bodies and playing catch football with the severed heads. Oh my god. What? <laughs> At the same time, Elizabeth ran the castle and maintained the estates while he was at war, defending them from the Turkish attacks. While away at war, Ferenc corresponded with his wife regularly and happily gave her advice on disciplining the servants. One gift he supposedly brought home was a device that resembled sharp claws that fit over your fingers that were used to slash into the faces of disobedient girls. Wow. So some Freddy Krueger claws? <laughs> some fucking Freddy Krueger claws. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly like that. What a nightmare. When he was home, they bonded over their love of violence, and he offered her practical demonstrations on young servant girls who were under their charge. Practical. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, super practical. In one account, Ferenc had taken disobedient servant girls outside, stripped them, smeared them with honey, and ordered the girls to stay in that manner for a day and a night. It being summer, they were bitten and stung by bees and insects, and when they dropped to the ground in exhaustion, Ferenc put pieces of oiled paper between their toes and lit them to revive them. Yeah. Oh. So, like, you know, burning the flesh between their toes. Wow, this is really brutal shit. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> and Elizabeth apparently watched in participation of this incident. Other times, her and her husband left the girls out there in honey for the animals to eat them alive. Um, and they just, like, watch in entertainment. Yeah. I don't know what Peter Stump has got on this shit, but... I mean, he is one of those animals. <gasps> oh, I don't know. <laughs> this is exciting. I don't actually know anything about your character. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah, this, is, this is all news to me. I've hmm. looked into vampire lore and Elizabeth Bowtree for a long, long time. So I know a lot about her, but really absolutely nothing about him. <sighs> but we shall continue. At around 1601, Ference became unwell due to unknown causes, um, but it led to paralysis of his legs. It was around this time that Elizabeth hired an older Croatian woman named Anna Darvolia. Anna was rumored to be a witch, and she intrigued Elizabeth and got her curious about witchcraft and black magic. And it was at this time that the Elizabeth became a lot more sadistic and became responsible for the deaths of several of her servants. The disappearances didn't raise any eyebrows because the girls were peasants at the time. Local pastors started getting increasingly more suspicious as Elizabeth asked them to perform funeral rites more and more frequently. Hmm. Super sus. Mm hmm All of these deaths apparently were from cholera, a common illness of the time. So one priest 
like decided to stand up and like call her out or just like maybe ask some questions. He was just like, hey, your grace, you're acting pretty sus. And there's some wild rumors going around. And we really just need to check out, check out the body to confirm how they really died. And I'd be like, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, Elizabeth was like, no, she was really fucking pissed off. And she threatened that she would not tolerate such talk. She stormed out of the church, leaving it to her husband to smooth things over with the priest. But things were about to get really rocky for Elizabeth. Her husband died in 1604. They mm. had been married for 29 years at this point. Damn. Mm -hmm. And at this time, Elizabeth was about 44 years old. And this is when she reaches the deep end. She just mm. like, she is going down this path of brutality and it just, it just diving into the bloody pool at this point. So we're just scratching yeah. the surface with her Freddy Krueger claws. Oh, that was just drips. Just a drip. 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 Mm. Yeah, so now she is husbandless and free to just, like, you know, release her torment upon anybody she can find, basically, with the help of her maids and a dwarf manservant named Fitzko. <laughs> young peasant girls were recruited to, quote-unquote, work in the castle. Eventually, a torture chamber was set up in the basement. And there were servants that claimed in this torture chamber that girls' mouths were sewn shut. Various things were shoved underneath their nails. Ouch. You know, that that like hurt that. to think about. Ha. Uh, I hate it. There was a guy that led an investigation who found some shit. She had been accused of cannibalism. And while others claimed to have seen her having sex with the devil himself... Uh, other witnesses said that Bautry liked using scissors to torture her victims, where she uh. would use these instruments to cut off their hands, their noses, their genitals, and, um, you know, slice the skin between their fingers. Mm. <laughs> that so, made me cringe more than anything, that, which is really fucked up to say, but... That, um, I. I'm not okay. I don't like paper cuts. Like, that's one of my weird, irrational fears is paper cuts. Wow. And I work with scissors all day long. And honestly, I, I nick mm. my fingers all the fucking time. But the webbing between your fingers, like, that just... Huh. <laughs> it I, makes me cringe so mm, hard. <laughs> I hurt. I hurt inside. <laughs> oh, wow. So Elizabeth, uh, in her torturous, disgusting ways, uh, also burned her victims. With hot irons, she beat them to death with clubs. She jammed pins and needles under their fingernails and poured ice-cold water over their bodies and left them to freeze outside in the wintertime to death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. So um, you remember the, the witch servant that she hired, Anna? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Her and Elizabeth would take servant girls outside in the dead of winter force them to lie naked in the freezing cold snow and then pour cold water over their skin. Uh. And once the girls were frozen, they just left them there to die. Yeah. Just to put that a little bit more clearly. I think we heard that one on Morbid, the mm -hmm. podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Loki. That's a real, yeah. That's not a so Loki. I am absolutely obsessed with Morbid. Morbid is so, Morbid so podcast. Good. It's a true crime podcast. They're absolutely incredible. I idolize those girls. Go listen to them. They're amazing. Yeah, and that's like a good deep dive on this story for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, listening to good, their episode yeah. was a whole bunch of fun. Go check it out if you mm -hmm. want more on Miss Beltry. 
But uh, to give you a little bit more detail, so Elizabeth was said to often bite chunks of flesh off from her victims. And one unfortunate girl was even forced to cook and eat her own flesh. Yeah. Dude, what is up with these, like... I don't know, medieval people just of cooking and eating others. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean. We've been getting like a lot of like low-key hints of cannibalism in our latest episodes. And it was unintentional, (laughs) unintentional cannibalism. It's a thing. I mean, there's probably like a whole context on cannibalism that we could go into. I mean, maybe we could go into a whole episode. Yes, Okay, so I just watched my friend Dahmer. <gasps> I haven't seen it yet. It's so it's fucking out. good. Oh my gosh. It's so good. Whew. We can talk about that another time. Jeffrey Dahmer is super fucking interesting, but we're going to bring it back to Elizabeth. And it's at this time that she started thinking that the blood of these victims were keeping her youthful and healthy. I don't know exactly where this this happened. There was probably some kind of progression of her whatever mental state. I don't know. I can tell you a lot about blood. Maybe some of the blood that was splashing onto her skin, perhaps, that she was just like, oh, wow, that made me feel so beautiful. That's just like making my skin very perky. Yeah, it feels smooth and against your skin. Sure, perhaps. Um, but yeah, she really kind of took this to heart. Yeah, where she really just wanted the blood of the women, of virgin women specifically, to keep her young and beautiful. (sighs) Yeah, so when there were no more young virgins available, Elizabeth had asked an older woman to pretend to be one of these young virgins for her, like dress up and pretend. Uh, But she was just like, actually, I have a family, um, so I'd rather not. And Elizabeth was just like, "Um, fuck you. (laughs) And she went off on her. You do as I say, peasant. So she went outside, got a small log, and commanded that the woman put diapers on this log and carried it around the castle like a baby. Shame. (laughs) Shame. She ridiculed her and yelled out at her, Suckle your child, you whore. Don't let it cry. Oh, my God. Wow. Um, so what? Elizabeth would wake her up at night, violently shoving the log into her face. Shame. <laughs> I just think of, like, I just think of this log as the equivalent of Ad Ad Nettie Plank. <laughs> it's the medieval forced plank. plank. You cannot force Plank. Plank is friend. Plank is friend. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) This is a pretty, this has got to be one of the most wild examples of torture that I have seen. (laughs) Wow. So, yeah, she did this apparently until the woman died. (laughs) Forcing her to care for this log baby. (laughs) This is so fucked up. (laughs) Death Death by by log log baby. baby. Jeez. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. This uh, this bitch, this vampire, she just wanted to suck all the blood and life from people and torture them in very creative ways. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Oh, uh, here's another one. She would force people to um, cusp their hands, catch their own pee, and drink it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that's disgusting. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So it is said that um, the person who reported this, like, swore on his honor that he witnessed this happen. <clears throat> so a fire iron, you know, like the things meant to brand cows. Yeah. So she forced somebody to put a red hot fire iron, like shoved into a woman's vagina, basically. Oh. And as another uh, form of torture. Whoa, you that, that was just like really just like Yep. Th- yeah. We're just going the I, full I'm, gl- swing I'm, of things. I'm really glad that you ripped the band-aid on that one. Yeah, just because that's really I I hurt completely. Um, yeah, I hurt thinking about that and thinking about those women in that instance. Uh, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Mm, I'm really sorry about it. that one, guys. Yeah, I hate that one the most. I hate it. Yeah. Um. Okay. So moving on. Um. She got to the point where she would order her servant Anna to bring girls into her bedroom, and at this point, she would bite them. And cut them and burn them with molten metal and gather the blood to use on her skin. So this happened repeatedly for years. <sighs> Dude. Eventually, there were no more young girls and poor families. And that's, well, when she started going for the more noble girls. And at this time, you know, she couldn't really cover up these disappearances of noble girls that she was you know, taking into her castle and Mm. supposedly giving jobs, but actually like biting them, draining their blood and pouring it over her skin to make herself feel beautiful because she was absolutely horrific inside. Oh, wow. Yeah. Think about it that way. That is such a mental complex to like feel so horrible or maybe just like so fucked up that you do all these things in order to take the innocence to put it on your exterior to feel better about yourself. That oh. is a level. That is a level. You reached the level. Mm-hmm. Damn, because yeah, she went through a lot as a child, like with uh, all the torture that she witnessed. And she also went through a lot with the loss of her husband because I imagine that she was just very depressed and like, I don't know. I mean, normal people probably would be, but I think at that time she just like went murderous, just like, oh, free reign to be a crazy bitch. <laughs> Murder all yeah. the people. There's there's that idea. Let or her the torturous person, life go free. Or the person that like uh, kind mm. of taught her these things, like of, you know. Like he taught just her like, some things. I think she had a lot of her own, but I think that he maybe was like, somewhat stabilizing to her uh ideas yeah of just like just take care of these girls in the coffins with the priest at the chapel yeah no he definitely don't want to deal with it storms off yeah yeah no she just like had no sounding board at the time and just like went buck wild right and it got to the point where you know she started pissing off a lot of people and uh eventually the town revolted against her They locked her up in her own castle. They bricked her up into a room where the only escape, there was no escape, actually. There was only a tiny little slot for them to feed her food. I'm like, here's some food. You can live, but you can never get out. They, like, bricked her up into this place. Damn, like a little envelope drop box. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. She only lived for a few years and eventually died there in her own castle. Like, the entire town, all of her servants, and everybody was just like, nah, fuck this bitch. 
we're done. But by the end of it, her body count, like there, um, when they went through and did like the investigation, like there were confirmed like over a hundred murders, but it she confessed to way more than that. And the body count, are you ready for it? It's up to six hundred. I. It's not confirmed, but I'm gonna use that in my fight. Up to six hundred, and even if it is a solid one hundred, that's still holy hell. That's so many. That's. I so have the many chills. innocent I have lives. The chills. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. All right. Okay. So that is Elizabeth Bowtry. Okay. Uh, uh, so she comes of um, noble bloodline. Noble bloodline. I'm bringing up my stats on Peter. She <laughs> is a noble woman who was brought down by her fellow villagers and people and Wow, she really just, like, she rode hard. <laughs> Damn, well, I've got a story of a, a farmer. A, a <laughs> peasant, if you will. Hold on. I feel like he was a few steps up from peasant. I mean, if you're a farmer. Hold on. Hear his story out. All right. Before you Give make me the deeds, be- I, like before, I said. Before you talk shit about Peter. I don't know anything about this guy. If you're saying yeah. he's a farmer, I mean, he is a peasant. Peasants are farmers. Just, Sorry. Just, that's fact. So let us begin. The London Chapbook of 1590 published a discourse known as The Damnable Life and Death of Stube Peter, which in its time was regarded as news or a form of entertainment and was originally written in High Dutch. Mm, entertainment, you say? Entertainment, but also news. Oh, entertainment news. Journalism. TMZ of 1500s. Oh. <laughs> We're not talking shit. Did I talk shit about Elizabeth this whole time? No, not, I did not. I'll I'm just d- relating. Uh, I am relating. You're, say, you're saying entertainment. Well, that's exactly what you said it was. Yeah. Uh, okay, because sometimes <laughs> I can't read levels of snark. <laughs> that like that could just be playing it I'm off. I'm not being snarky. Oh, I'm okay, just saying. Okay. I'm just, like, I thought you were going to play it off coolly. I'm like, I haven't even gotten through two paragraphs. And, <laughs> I'm just saying. And this, Steph's trying this to throw some fireballs like, here. <laughs> no, no, no. It sounds to me like it's like medieval uh, TMZ. <laughs> 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 I love it. <laughs> okay, cool. Then we're going to keep going. Yeah. Eventually, it was brought to the English shores and was translated by a man named George Boris to be sold on Fleet Street. <gasps> In England? Fleet Street of England? The ever so famous? Yes. Like um, the bloody Baba of Fleet Street? I am... Sweeney Todd. Oh! Sweeney Todd of Sweet Street. I'm sorry. I'm just... I. Oh, snap! Yeah. A fleet? Oh, fleet Street. Fleet. Oh! Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow, everything's clicking together. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, to be sold on Fleet Street. There are no surviving copies of the original language of this document, as well as the birth records of Bedburg, as they were destroyed along with the German landscape during the Thirty Years' War, which make it impossible to know Peter's exact date of birth. Okay. Luckily, Augustus Montague Summers, a literary scholar and clergyman with interest in the occult rediscovered the 16-page pamphlet that details the crimes and execution of Peter Stump and translated it for his publication in 1933, Werewolves in Law and Legend. Mm. So let me tell you guys that this document is written in Old or Middle English, 
and I'm not a historian, but I do love some old-timey English and language and had a lot of fun decoding pieces in it to use in this story. Wow. This is probably why I've never heard this story before because mm, it's been so buried. So Peter Stump, he's our, he's our werewolf He's our character. guy. He's All our right. guy. He could be your fighter. You guys vote. Mm-hmm. So the opening paragraph lays out the events to follow. <clears throat> A true discourse declaring the damnable life and death of one Stube Peter, a most wicked sorcerer who, in the likeness of a wolf, committed many murders, continuing this devilish practice 25 years, killing and devouring men, women, and children, who for the same fact was taken and executed the 31st of October, last passed in the town of Bedburg, near the city of Colin in Germany. He died on Halloween. Dude, if that's not metal, what? what is did Halloween exist at this time? I don't think it did. I don't yeah. think Halloween even came about until like the 18th century. And this is written in a document. Oh like my God. everything I translated was from a old ass document. <laughs> so it's like all fucking factual. Old ass Halloween yeah. execution. Yeah. So we're Shit. assuming that all of this is factual unless I tell you otherwise. Cool, cool. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and ghouls, please welcome Peter Stube to the battle against Countess Elizabeth Bautry. A little <laughs> bit about our competitor. Uh-huh. He was born in the village near Bedburg, Germany, in the mid-16th century. Guessing from the translations of the document, we can estimate that Peter was born sometime around 1545 to 1550. His name has variations on the spelling of Stump, Peter Stube. Peter Stubb. Peter Stubb. <laughs> like S-T-U-B-B-E. Peter Stubb. <laughs> or oh. Peter Stumpf. <laughs> I'm trying. I am so sorry for German listeners. But I like know the, that the time period, though, was the same time that Elizabeth was around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They existed. And I checked into it. And they were actually technically in alliance with one, with one another. Uh, Germany and Hungary. Oh, yeah, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, Peter Stump and other aliases include Abel Griswold, Abil Griswold, and Ubel Griswold. The name Stump or Stump may have given him as a reference to the fact that his left hand had been cut off, leaving only a stump. Oh shit. Yeah. While this was a severe disability, it did not stop him from earning a decent living as a farmer. Honest pay for honest work. (laughs) (laughs) He's got it going. He is doing the damn thing one-handed. Yeah, he is. Shoot. Dude, I know. So this we're just scratching the surface here. In fact, even as a widower, he was well-known and relatively wealthy within Bedburg. Yeah, so wealthy he was as a farmer. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Like I said, he was a step up. Yeah. Okay. At the age of 12, Peter became interested in the dark arts and began practicing black magic, necromancy, and sorcery. Ooh. This occult past led Peter to wanting more power, so he made a pact with the devil, selling both his body and soul in exchange for the carnal pleasures of this life. To give you all a better idea about the deal he made, that he struck. I'll read the original text, which is beautifully written. Mm. 
Oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Oh he my God. sold his soul to the devil. Ooh. Like, I guess we always wonder, like, what made the... I mean, there's so many stories about what made the first vampire, but I haven't really dove, dove into the first werewolves and how they became, you know, came to be. Because most stories depict, like, if a, va- if a werewolf bites you, you become a werewolf. But how was yeah. the first one made? It could yeah. be this this deal with the devil, perhaps. Oh, my gosh. This is fascinating. And I didn't completely check to see if this was the first, you know, count or recollection of a werewolf. I just went what was based on the first Google search when we came up with this idea. I I was like, wait. We did a deep dive into Dogman, which is like there are some very ancient depictions of like human dog-like or wolf-like if you... But you know, in my mind, I want to like search till the end of time until I completely find the first, the first, the first. So those were dog-headed people. If anybody has found like specific werewolf before this, please tell us. Yes. Because I've never heard of anything before this Mm, time period. So yeah. All right. Tell us this accounting of the deal with the devil. Okay. The devil who hath a ready ear to listen to the lewd motions of cursed men promised to give him whatsoever his heart desired during his mortal life, whereupon this vile wretch neither desired riches nor promotion, nor was his fancy satisfied with any external or outward pleasure, but having a tyrannous heart and a most cruel bloody mind, requested that at his pleasure he might work his malice on men women, and children, in the shape of some beast, whereby he might live without dread or danger of life, and unknown to the executor. (laughs) I read that as executor. Executor. (laughs) Like Pokemon. Okay. And unknown to be the executor of any bloody enterprise which he meant to commit. The devil, who saw him a fit instrument to perform mischief as a wicked fiend, pleased with the desire of wrong and destruction, gave unto him a girdle, which, being put around him, he was straight transformed into the likeness of a greedy, devouring wolf, strong and mighty, with eyes great and large, which in the night sparkled like unto brands of fire, a mouth great and wide, with most sharp and cruel teeth, a huge body and mighty paws. And no sooner should he put off the same girdle, but presently he should appear in his former shape, according to the proportion of a man as if he had never been changed. So really what this passage was saying was he literally didn't want money, power, fame. He said, nope, I want to be a werewolf. And he can, like, put on a girl and take it off to become this werewolf? Yeah. And the devil said, okay, let's fucking go. I bestow to you a girdle. Okay. So a girdle is like a corset, kind of? Yeah. So uh, he put on, like, a dude-like corset? (laughs) And Peter said, damn, dude, this is sick. Thanks for the belt. (laughs) (laughs) This, like, sexy girdle corset belt (laughs) that makes you a werewolf. Take it on and off whenever you want. That's dude, dope. Yeah, yeah. No full moon necessary. Yeah. This dude has free will. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And for the next 25 years, Peter would maintain his reign of fear over Bedburg, living a secret life as a werewolf by night and as a farmer by day. Honest pay for honest work. <laughs> 
Um, except for when you sell your soul to the devil. It's not so honest anymore, is it? Uh, <laughs> Only by daytime. <laughs> um, so he lived amicably among the townsfolk as a monster among them. He was charming, sociable, and liked by many. Mm. And he used this to charm and lure others to his company out in the dark field by his house, particularly women and children. Or he would wait for them to leave the village by themselves and took this as an opportunity to rape and murder them. Oh, fuck. Plucking out their throats and tearing them apart limb by limb. Huh. Just pluck out your throat. Just... Yep. Uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yep. Sometimes the girls didn't buy this nice guy act. When he was unable to coax or follow a young lady by herself, he would tear into groups of young girls in his wolf-like shape, separate the young lady by herself, and kill her promptly. Goodness. That is, that's, that's bad. Dude, I know. He then removed his magical girdle. <laughs> <laughs> Turn, <laughs> turned back into a man and slipped back into society. Whoa. What a devil. <laughs> and, okay, so um, that just kind of makes me wonder because you know how a lot of werewolves wake up naked? Yeah. I wonder if he just, like, slipped back into society naked. <laughs> and they're just oh, like, man. oh, that's Peter and uh, little Peter. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Peter and his little wien. <laughs> oh, man. He was a farmer. <laughs> I, uh, I, <laughs> You're at a loss of words for this I episode, am, aren't you? I'm at a loss. <laughs> he had clothes, dude, and then he took them off. Dude, yeah. <laughs> the, this, <laughs> so this fighter is a wild card. Completely a wild card. Yeah, a wild animal. Rawr. <laughs> uh yeah so he acted like nothing happened at all and some people would even salute him because they had no idea this guy had just murdered their friends and children and uh yeah within a few years he killed 13 young girls and two pregnant women <gasps> pregnant women if what you thought fuck yeah if you think that's bad he tore the fetuses right from the wombs ate their hearts while they were still warm and called them Dainty morsels. Uh, uh, oh, God. Oh, God. That's fucked up beyond. <clears throat> okay, that is a whole new level. What the hell, man? Why? Why? Like, that's, that was the deal? Like, you had to do this? The devil was just no, like, he you just have wanted, to do no, this shit. No, he oh. just wanted to do this. Ew. No. Absolutely not. Not cool. I mean, oh, man, that's putting that. Uh, that's not the right way to say that. That is fucked. That is absolutely <laughs> fucked. Pregnant. Yeah. I. Mm. Yeah. Um. Jesus Christ. I had to find. I'm sorry. I had to find the most worthy competitor against Countess. <laughs> so this is what I came up with. Jeez, I guess she didn't. I, she never killed any pregnant woman. Oh, fetuses were not involved in the killings of Elizabeth Bowtry. Jeez. Ooh. All right, Peter. And when that wasn't enough, he turned to the local cattle, so the sheepies, and he ate them raw in the fields. Just, okay. 
I mean, that sounds animalistic. Yep. Yeah. I'm more okay with that than the last bit. Oh, yeah? Yeah. This man absolutely lusted for blood. But these murderous activities aside, he lusted for something else. Hmm. A 15-year-old girl named Sybil, who was very beautiful at the time and who was also his daughter. Oh, uh, no, 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 don't. It's Is it going to go there? Is it really going to go? Oh, fuck. Shit, man. His 15-year-old daughter. Oh, I hate it. Okay. Um. So a child was born out of the incestuous relationship. Yeah. Yeah. A child was born. Okay. A child was born, and if from his that, daughter Sybil. Yeah. Okay. And if that wasn't huh. enough, um, yeah, that was he also carried out an incestuous relationship with his sister at the time. The fuck. Why? And if that, <laughs> and if that, no, <laughs> none of it's enough. None of it's okay. None of it's enough. It's it's okay. all fucked up. <laughs> okay. Well, if that wasn't enough, he also had a mistress, another mistress named Catherine Trumping, who he went over with his flattering speech and probably his magical girdle. <laughs> So, I mean, like... I have nothing to say at this point. <laughs> oh, God. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just continue. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, she was a well-known and liked woman in Bedburg. Tall, slender, the document described her as so fair of face and comely of personage that she resembled rather some heavenly hellfin than any mortal creature. So far, her beauty exceeded the choicest sort of woman. They stayed in each other's company for seven years and in the end was declared a she-devil or a woman sent to Peter by the devil himself. It doesn't say much more than this, except that Peter's lust for blood grew insatiable. 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 You can just insatiable. listen to Rob Zombie say insatiable lust insatiable. for the dead. Ugh. Insatiable. It's like such a beautiful word for something that you lust for so much that you get so much of and there's never enough and you're always clamoring for more of it. Insatiable. That is a good word. Mm. I do love a good word. So his lust for blood grew insatiable and he went on a murder spree for the pure joy and pleasure of it. It was known that he loved his son and treated him well. He even called his son... His heart's ease, hmm. which leads me to believe that having the son made him feel more human, in a sense. Well, he needed that. Damn. Yeah, sure did. But this didn't even matter. He led his son out into a field, and they traveled deep into the forest so that they could be among the goodness of nature. And then suddenly and uncontrollably, Peter transformed into a wolf, slew his son, and ate the brains out of his head. What the hell? That was like his only connection to human. That was what... It stilled his human heart. Exactly. So you... And he ate him. He ate his brains. Brains. Yep. He ate brains. Um, So... the doc- So just as you called it, the original document at this point stops counting bodies. And it becomes increasingly more gruesome. 
One day he came across a group of three people in the woods, two men from Bedburg, who were accompanying a young woman. He feared that, in numbers, the men might possibly be stronger than him, so he devised a way to split them up. He knew the name of one man in the group and used this to his advantage. Stealthily, Peter went ahead of the group and crouched out of their sight. As they moved closer, Peter called out the man's name. The man, thinking it was a friend pranking him, broke from the group and went to investigate. Peter quietly killed him, then and there. The other man was tired of waiting on his friend and left the young woman to go and investigate. And then Peter killed him too. And the woman got a really bad feeling after neither man returned back, so she fled as quickly and quietly as she could. But she was no match for such a light-footed wolf. He chased her down, raped, and murdered her. The men's bodies were found mangled, but the woman's body was never found. It was said that he devoured her. Ooh. After 25 years, there was talk among the townspeople that a wolf was roaming the countryside, killing both humans and livestock. People were too afraid to walk alone, so they tightened their security measures. If they needed to do traveling of any sort, they would only do so in large and heavily armed groups. Uh, yeah, if that's going on, are you kidding me? Back to back to back to back. And oh. they're just, like, walking around like, we are fierce. <laughs> like the group of 300 <laughs> with all their shields. Just like, we're all together now. You cannot penetrate our force. That's, yeah. Like, I'm just thinking that they're all back to back with, like, a bunch of swords. And they're just, like, walking through, like, ah. Get wow. back, wolf. That's the life that they have to live. Yeah, seriously. Thanks, Peter. Since everyone was on high alert, it became much more difficult for Peter to kill whenever he pleased. And what's really intriguing is that people banded together for safety measures, but so did the cattle. Huh? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The cattle. So in Peter's one only and last close encounter, he stormed a group of unaware children who were out in a meadow feeding some baby cows and playing with them. He grabbed a young girl by the collar and tried to sink his teeth into her. But so this girl, she was wearing like one of those uh, high-necked collars, and it was really stiff, and it clasped around her neck, so like it a, protected her. Oh. Yeah. Like a good medieval turtleneck. A good medieval turtleneck yeah. for Oxford. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She screamed, and all the other children screamed, and this startled the nearby cattle. The cattle went in defense mode and all stampeded towards Peter, forcing him to drop the child and run off. They, so the cattle, they banded together. And they just, like, went at him. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Animals are so Dude. much more intelligent than we give them credit for. And cows. Cows are so fucking cute. So, yeah, that was kind of amazing that the cows literally saved that child and stampeded towards him. And, yeah, like, so. Go cows. He, he, dropped, the, he dropped the child. child was safe. Uh because the child survived, it was very clear that a wolf was behind the bloodshed of Bedberg for the past 25 years. So it took them 25 years, but they figured it out, and they're like, it's a werewolf. Finally. Duh. Duh. Of course it was. So the village of Bedberg enlisted a small force of men to hunt the wolf using dogs. They quickly trapped the beast in the forest. Since he had nowhere else to go, Peter slipped out of his belt and transformed into his human form, right, in front of their eyes. Ooh. And the men were like, oh, look, uh, it's Peter. 
No way. What are you doing out here, dude? And they were kind of shook. They were shooketh <laughs> that the wolf was the man that they knew for many years. They almost didn't believe it was him. And they thought it was the devil taking his form. So they talked Peter into going back to his house. Once Peter was escorted home, the group of men left and thought, hmm, actually, this is sort of sus. Let's call the local magistrate and just have him get checked out here. And after that, Peter was shortly arrested and put to the wreck, which is a form of torture where Ooh. each of your limbs is tied on each corner of a frame. And then with the turning of a crank, your body is slowly pulled and stretched in each direction. All at once. Let's stretch them out. Stretch. Oh, oh that is There's like, a bone crack in there when I was stretching was. my arm out. It felt really good. Oh, my gosh. In this case. Okay. <laughs> um, in this case, it was not. Um, not yeah. so good. No. No, rock, no. The rack can go pretty far. Mm. Too far. <laughs> Too far. Too far for your limbs it to went, hang on to. Oof. oof. <laughs> yeah. Fearing the torture, he confessed his whole life story. Whoa. He Yeah. He told them about the deal he made with the devil, about the magical girdle, and where he hid it. However, when the men went out to look, they found nothing. So it was believed that the devil took it back. Well, that makes sense. Can't uh, just leave magical instruments out for people to find. For humans, yeah. Have you ever seen Death Note? No. Got you. Well, if you haven't seen Death Note, it's a good anime and... It has, like, a very similar concept of, like, leaving a magical item on Earth and what happens when it falls into the wrong hands. Ooh, that's never a good thing. So never that was, like, if you just imagine that. if you put two and two together, Death Note, say you're writing names. This was a magical girdle. So, I mean, just, like, different types of power levels there. So, anyways, back to the story. On the 28th of October, 1589, Peter Stump faced trial for the murders of countless men, women, children, and cattle of Bedburg. And he was found guilty. Guilty! Guilty! On the 31st of October, Peter was placed on a device called a braking wheel. Basically what this is, is a large cartwheel where each of your limbs are stretched out on the spokes, then with red-hot pinchers. His skin was torn from his bones, and his <gasps> arms and legs were beaten with wooden hatchets. Oh, they just, like, took pieces of his skin and just, like, picked away at it like crows? Yeah. Holy shit. Dude. And then after that, he was beheaded, and his body was burned to ashes. His daughter, Sybil, and mistress were deemed as accessories to Peter's murders, so they were also executed, which was a little less brutal. Their bodies were thrown onto the burning body of Peter. After the execution, a shrine was created to celebrate the end of his reign of terror. A high pole was set up. The centerpiece was a wolf framed into the very wheel he was executed on. On the very top of the stake was Peter's head. Sixteen pieces of wood, about a yard in length, were placed around the wheel to represent the confirmed deaths of sixteen villagers, whose names were known. The end. Whoa. So there are 16 confirmed deaths. 16 that were all confirmed. Linked. Like they have their names. That was, yeah. That, so that's kind of like a 
like a commemoration, but also like the guy died and here is everybody that needs to be honored. Yeah. Because of this fucking murderous killer. Wolfman. Werewolf. Dude. So 16 confirmed. Is that right? 16 confirmed. But possibly more? Yeah. The document said that a uh, body count just completely stopped. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. After you get to a certain point, it's hard to keep track. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. All right. I mean, he's got some magical, devilish powers on his side. And he also has some stealth. Very stealthy. Yeah. 25 years. Very charismatic. Very charming. So like, uh, okay. So hear this out. Peter has a magical girdle. Okay. Magical girdle. He's got a magical girdle. That is that is a thing. It's impressive. Yeah. Um, his girdle. And <laughs> his magical corset. His yes. magical man corset. He is also very stealthy. He is very deceptive, very charismatic, mm. and very alluring. Alluring just, and yes. sly. Exactly. All right. I just think of, again, Skyrim stats. We're going to go there. Uh, just very stealth-like assassin-ish. Yeah, I definitely have He's that in the shadows. Mm-hmm. He's in the shadows. Yeah, so he's sneaky. And on the other hand, Elizabeth Bowtree, she is very upfront. She really doesn't hide much of what she's doing. And she's just kind of like in your face about it all. You know, bloodbath style, covering women in honey and leaving them out to be devoured by animals and stung by bees until been- they die. It could have been uh, Peter, I'm thinking, that he might have been one of the animals that came out and took what she couldn't finish. Possibly. How far is Hungary from Germany? Is that a pretty long track? I feel like that's a pretty long track. Dude, he's fast as fuck, boy. (laughs) (laughs) So he could be. I mean, not necessarily. I'm sure there were many animals that got to those people first before he could smell the honey from... However far away these countries are, and they are countries afar. <laughs> can can I, I, shall I? Yes. Let's see. So, yeah, he was he was sneaky with his ways. He had the devil on his side. That's saying something. It's ten hours and thirty seven minutes by car. By car. So, if you're walking, hundred eighty six hours. Yeah, I'm gonna say nah. Nah, on the possibility of Peter having anything to do with Elizabeth Bowtree's murders. However, the possibility, like, he definitely killed those types of things, right? An opportunity presents itself, and maybe he takes a hold of that opportunity. And Elizabeth, on the other hand, was just like, I will make my own opportunity and do whatever the fuck I want. Slaughtering girls and virgin women, using their blood to... Her own advantages and pleasures. <clears throat> okay. So I actually have like a, a thing. Okay. Gracie has a thing. <laughs> okay. First of all, she needed her claw. She needed her weapons to inflict damage. She did not okay. know. Okay. Well, she didn't Pete- need a claw. She had a claw. That was fun. Okay. Well, she had all of these things, but Peter was just straight up a weapon himself. Okay, like, I mean, we talked about this before, maybe possibly at one point in time, that I feel like stabbing someone, it's like a very close and personable thing. Yeah. 
It is. And I mean, that's the same with all the different forms of her torture. Sure. But for him, it was, it was his very own claws. But she actually, like, bit them, too. Like, Oh, well, he ate fetuses, dude. tore their flesh. Okay, he has that. He, They were dainty morsels. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, if we're going to go that fucking far, I guess Elizabeth did use uh, fire hot dildos. <laughs> <laughs> Red hot dildos. I mean, like, (laughs) if we're going for brutality, (laughs) I think, like, eating the hearts of fetuses, a fiery hot dildo is like, wow, this is getting morbid (laughs) as shit. (laughs) We're saying choose your fighter, but really what we mean is what's lesser evil. Um, hmm. That's a hard one because he he was at this for 20-some years. 25 and she, Elizabeth was in her 40s when she died, right? Or was she older than that? I think she might have been older than that. So Elizabeth was at this for a long time. The murdering portion of it, like, it kind of slowly crept up in there because, like, her torture could have gone so far that people had died. But was it investigated as murder in the earlier years? Not as much. But there was so much brutality. And her body count. I mean, like, 600 to 26. I'm sorry. 16. You said 16. So okay. six. Okay. Up to 600. But let's put it this way. Um. So Elizabeth was royalty, okay? She was the countess, right? That she right. was. Well, everything needed to be brought to her on a silver platter. Like, hello, manservant. Like, or her, Anna. Her, <laughs> or Anna. Or any of her, you know, handmaids, they had to bring these girls to her. So she had a team about, what'd you say, like about four? Four, four people. Four ish. people. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly just that. She had a team of people recruit girls so she could kill them. True that. Did she go out and scout them herself? No. I think something that was left out of the story um, was that... When when she was targeting the noble girls, that is when she fucked up because that's when, like, the people realized that the noble girls were missing from the school that she started because she literally started that school with the intent of luring these noble girls in and then killing them. But that was exactly her downfall. So when she tried to do stuff herself, she couldn't fucking finish the job. She relied on her people to do it. And when they died and when everyone else died around her, that's when she was fucked. And when... She ran out of girls. She ran out of girls. Well, yeah. When she ran out of peasant girls, she went to noble girls. And she and just that's, like, yeah, that's she when she got caught. whatever the fuck she could. Well, kind of Peter, too, in this sense. He went for a baby. He went for a little child. And cows took him down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a herd of cows. <laughs> it took a whole village of people to take down Elizabeth Bowtry. And it took a herd of cows. <laughs> to take down Peter Stump. <laughs> Dude, he's all do- he's doing this all with one fucking hand. He's one-handed. I mean, I give him that. Can but... you do a one-handed push-up? No. <laughs> I have tried. I cannot. I can't. He um, killed people with one hand and he farmed. So that's going to give him a very clear disadvantage again against the fight with Elizabeth Bowtry. I'm Dude, sorry. Dude, she need her servants to fight for her. And, you know, also her targets were only... She only needs them mm. to put them in front of her. 
Let's consider the fact that she was royalty, okay? And everything was brought to her on a silver platter. Uh-huh. If she was a peasant, would she have killed? Fuck no, because she would have nothing. Okay, well, that's like taking things way out of context because like her entire upbringing and who she was is who she was and how she was bred. So that entirely made so up I'm just her saying being. That so we get, can't just like get, go back on that, right? I'm not trying to go back on that. What I'm saying is that Peter has a fighting chance because he was a peasant. I mean, in terms of he was a wealthy farmer, a bedberg. He was that, nothing else. All right. Okay, yeah. he like to make a life for himself. He didn't even like really want a life for himself. He just wanted to cause chaos. He just <laughs> wanted to be a fucking werewolf. So he asked the devil, can I have a belt? And the devil said, dude, I got you. And he was a werewolf. Okay. So like, he just he, like went out cre- and got what he wanted. He literally like, I mean, and being a peasant and going out and get what you want, like that's pretty fucking powerful. That is really powerful. And so, I mean, like yeah. on a peasantry sense, like he made a good fucking name for I mean, a bad name for himself, but <laughs> he made a good name for himself. He, made, he brought power to his name, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, he did. Power to the peasants. Power to the peasants. Maybe not and, the best kind of power. And power <laughs> Very used murderous and chaotic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm over here in Elizabeth's Gothic castle, just like, try to tear me down, bitch. <laughs> Dude, I know you are, and I'm out in the farm fields, like, mm. Trying, clambering down, clawing with your werewolf claws and teeth and things. Yeah, okay, so. Tearing out the throats of people. <laughs> While trying to get to the countess. <laughs> uh, so I think that just kind of leaves it at. It leaves it out as a question, and I want to know the answer from all of you. Who do you think would win in this fight? I mean, Peter definitely was a gruesome, horrible person who did some really messed up stuff. I mean, he made a deal with the devil. He had a magical girdle. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of love that. (laughs) Elizabeth. Yeah. yeah, She created all of this from her own person like that was just who she was she just tortured and killed people and a lot of them yeah and one of those things like was it in her genetics like because of maybe she's born this way <laughs> maybe she was, she's a sociopath she and, was inbred sociopath. like brought up this way yeah i mean oh, yeah nature nurture a little bit of both i'm feeling like a good healthy dose of both of those because yeah she was took inbred. the words right out of my mouth exactly that yeah and uh, <laughs> she just had all of the means at her disposal to do all of the horrible things that she did. Where Peter, however, had to go out and get all of those things himself. He did. Yeah. He had to work. Mm-hmm. He worked real hard for that. Where Elizabeth just <laughs> worked real hard to torture people. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she had she had her servants do the work for her. Except for the torturing. Let's put it this way. If you guys are choosing a fighter... Like of, uh, let's just say, like, we're just going to drop these characters in a video game. Ooh, like Super Smash Bros. style? We're going to put it Super Smash Bros. style. Okay. And that's going to be the question that we pose as as a fighter in Super Smash Bros. Who would you pick? Why? Yeah. Who do you think would win in a fight? Yeah. Who, who would you pick? Why would you pick them? Let's say that all of them have all of their tools at their disposal. Yeah. Each of them have... Each of them have their tools at their disposal. Mm, Yep. So Elizabeth with all of her torture implements. (laughs) And Peter with his magical girdle. 
And his werewolf self. And maybe like a black book of magic, too. And both of them seem to have had a pretty equal bloodlust. Yeah. Yeah. They. I think they they kind of match each other in that. Yeah. And an an obsession with the occult. Ooh, man. Well, I'm just going to say my money's on the vampire, but I'm biased. So there's that. I'm just saying that I'm wearing a, like... So it's one of those things like I'm wearing a werewolf shirt. Hold on. Hold (laughs) on. Something that was funny was like I would say vampire, but then like uh, I went to like switch into a cooler shirt today and I found this werewolf shirt. And then I saw I looked up and I saw like this wolf that like my dad gave me when I was a kid. It was like the last thing that I got from him. And I remember that I was obsessed with wolves as a kid. And then I was like, you remember your roots. You go into that fight. (laughs) Fight for the wolves, Grace. (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. Gosh. Vampires and werewolves, what a fight. What a bloody fight. <laughs> mm, yeah, okay. So let us know uh, if you liked the content. Uh, well, guess what? There's going to be a Patreon very soon, and we will post that announcement when we have the date set in stone on Facebook and on Instagram. You can find us at Your Spooky Neighbors. Guys, we're going to have a Patreon. I know some of you have been asking about it for some time, and it's it's in the works. It's happening. <laughs> we can't wait. So you can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram. You can send us a Gmail, all at your spooky neighbors. Thank you so much for listening. We're so happy that you're here. We're happy to be here. And if you'd like more of it, then come back and crack a cold one with your spooky neighbors. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. And have a happy Halloween. (laughs) Halloween. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye.